Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Conservation Podcast here at the Pike County Conservation District. My name is Emily and I'm the Communications Coordinator here at the District. And my guest today is coming to us from another Pike County Department who is one of our conservation partners. I'm here with Jess Yoder, who's the Assistant Planning Director and Preservation Planner at the Pike County Planning Office. Welcome, Jess. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So what is the role of the Planning Office here in Pike County? Uh, The Pike County Planning Office reviews subdivision and land development plans for properties within the county. Uh, We also assist municipalities in development of their comprehensive plans, open space plans, and other ordinance updates. And since the mid-2000s, the county's two land preservation programs have been housed and administered through the planning office. Great. Okay, so the planning office has a lot of different projects going on, but one of those is a countywide geocaching project. Can you explain a little bit about what geocaching is? Absolutely. Uh, Geocaching is a modern-day scavenger hunt. So using a handheld GPS unit or a smartphone, you follow your GPS to a hidden treasure. Um, A typical... Traditional geocache can be nano-sized, like a bottle cap, up to big containers, such as a five-gallon bucket. Uh, There's actually different types of geocaches as well. Uh, The traditional, like I just described, is where you actually go out and find a container. There are also mystery or puzzle caches that require you to solve a riddle or um, get a clue that you need to finish the puzzle. There's multi-caches, which involve two or more locations, with the final location being a physical container. There are earth caches, which are really neat. Uh, It's a special geological location that people go to visit and learn about that feature, but there's no physical cache actually there. Um, Event caches are are probably my favorite. That's a gathering of local geocachers where you actually earn credit, your smiley, if you will, for attending that event. And there's several other types that have evolved just to keep the game fun and diverse over the years. That's so cool. I didn't know that there were so many different kinds of geocaching. (laughs) So if you wanted to participate in geocaching, how would someone get started and how do you know where to look for a cache? Uh, that's pretty, pretty easy. Uh, you visit their website, www.geocaching.com, and you can create your own free username and password. Once you get logged in, you'll see a map or a search function, and that lets you see what's nearby. For a beginner, I might recommend a medium-sized traditional geocache that's got a difficulty of one and a terrain of one. So that's going to be an easier-to-spot geocache with a difficulty level that tells me it's not too hard to figure out, and terrain-wise, it's not too strenuous. Um, Each geocache has a difficulty and terrain rating on a five-star scale. So a difficulty five would be the most extreme mental challenge and may uh, require some specialized knowledge, skills, or significant effort to solve, find, or open. A terrain one would be like a hike with you know less than half a mile and it's wheelchair accessible. Moving up to a level five that requires specialized equipment such as scuba gear, a boat, rock climbing gear, etc. So you really can find any type of cache you want as long as you know how to look for the attributes you set out to find. So there's a geocache out there for everybody. <laughs> there really is. What do you like most about going geocaching? Uh, honestly, I love sharing the outdoors with my children. Um, in the day of technology, um, instead of having their heads in front of their tablets and cell phones, I get them outdoors learning to um, understand their spatial awareness and where they are in their um, 
in their world, and also discovering new places that I might not have otherwise stumbled upon if I wasn't sent out here specifically to find this. Um, and not only does it create that spatial awareness, but it also helps create a connection to nature. Yeah, so you get to create a connection with nature, but also with the people that you take out geocaching with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So that's great. What are some of the coolest things that you've seen while geocaching? <laughs> um, there's probably quite a few. I've been geocaching for quite a while. Uh, but one time I walked right past a patch of sundial looping, which is a very cool wildflower that we have here. I've never seen one before. And it was absolutely stunning, full bloom. It was, it was amazing to see and definitely a, um, a bucket list item for me there. Also found one on a family vacation at Disney. We went down to Epcot Center. Um, tricky part there was trying to find it without being spotted by a muggle, which is what we call the non-geocachers. Uh, so that one was a little tricky. They just had to wait for the right timing there. Um, but perhaps the coolest was probably hiking the Adirondacks with some friends. We went up to check out the fall foliage, and this geocache led us to probably the best vista that we were expecting to find. That's awesome. So while you're out there geocaching, are there any unexpected skills that you might be able to improve? Absolutely. I think you'll definitely improve your navigational skills and learn to rely on nature's clues. Um, you'll build confidence and a comfort level being in the woods, along the creek, or even through hiking on a trail. Um, for one puzzle cache I solved, I had to recall the Fibonacci sequence uh, and learn the Mayan <laughs> numerals to solve another. So, I mean, there's a math lesson in there, too. Uh, there's really no end to the things you can learn while geocaching. That's so cool. So, tell us about the geocaching passport that's offered through the planning office. Absolutely. Uh, you can find that geocaching passport. It's on our county website at pikepa.org. If you go into living and working, you can find the scenic rural character preservation program. It'll be on the top of our page there. Um, and that document just shows you where all of the geocaches are that pertain to our series. And then you go out, find them, log the code, and then you return that completed form and you can get a trackable geocoin while supplies last. Oh, very cool. Now, if someone were to find all eight caches that are on the passport from the planning office, are there other caches out there in our area that you could continue to search for? Oh, yes. Uh, we have, we're like a mecca of geocaches here. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of geocaches of all kinds. You'll find simple park and grab geocaches to the complex mystery caches. Um, if you become a premium member at geocaching.com, you'll have access to even more geocaches. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Seven Wonders of Pike County, which is an amazing project that was funded by the Conservation District Grant in 2009. It was developed by a team from Delaware Valley High School. And they put together seven sites that they found to be the most remarkable natural historical wonders here in Pike County. So two of those are puzzle caches and five of those are earth caches. So some you won't find an actual container, uh, but you do have to go and do an assignment, take a look at the rock structure there, and learn something about it. That's really neat. So you had mentioned, I think a couple times already, that there's a pretty active community of geocaches in our area. So how would someone get involved with the local geocaching group? Absolutely. Um, if you logged into that site, you can see some of the events that these folks host. They're known as the Tri-State Geocachers. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, they meet once a month for an event cache. So they go in, sign in that they've been there. They actually get their smiley so that they, they're 
getting points there for the geocaching world. Um, and then they sit there and share their geocaching adventures, teach new people how to do it, and then oftentimes there's a new geocache that's posted that night so that they can go out and find a new geocache as well. Um, and every summer they host a Tri-State Treasures event at a local park along the Delaware River that's got food, fun, and games. Uh, people come from all over to attend this annual event. So it's just, you could Google Tri-State Geocachers or find them on Facebook. Great. That sounds like a really fun group. And so anyone can go out and look for these geocaches, but can anyone hide their own? They can. Uh, they just need to create an account at geocaching.com and follow the geocaching etiquette. Um, these are important things such as following you know, the local laws, getting permission from the landowner to hide your geocache at that location. Um, it's always encouraged that you choose a location that's accessible long term and available most of the week. So it's open for the majority of the time. Uh, we do not bury geocaches, and that's a key piece to this. We don't want to damage any property when they place a geocache, and we keep the land the way it was. Um, we, you know, we also say choose your container wisely. Make sure it's labeled as a geocache, and don't recycle food containers like peanut butter jars because animals tend to seek those out and destroy them. Sure. <laughs> um, a geocache must have a logbook that's easy to sign and is enclosed within the container. And lastly, just keep it outdoor and family-friendly. So no dangerous materials, no edible or scented items, and nothing that'll melt. That all makes sense. <laughs> so we know that you're going to be outside, maybe traversing some difficult terrain, depending on what the geocache is rated. So are there any other challenges that people should be prepared for? Uh, like you mentioned, there really is no challenge for like a difficulty one terrain one, except understanding your GPS unit and knowing how to navigate with your phone. And again, avoiding those muggles who might be trying to figure out what you're doing. Uh, but start simple and expand from there. With anything outdoors, though, just always be mindful of poison ivy, ticks, and wildlife. Sure, yeah. And when hiding a geocache, it's important to think ahead to how people are going to be able to reach that, right? So... I know here at the Conservation District, we do a lot of work with erosion and sediment control. So if a lot of people are traveling through the same area that's previously undisturbed earth, they may trample and kill the vegetation that's holding the soil in place. It could lead to accelerated erosion and maybe a makeshift path, and that could cause some sediment pollution. So we want to be sure to hide caches right off of existing trails to avoid this, right? Yep, absolutely. So are there any other negative environmental impacts that could occur from geocaching, and are there regulations that are in place to try and minimize these? Uh, there shouldn't be any negative environmental impacts. If the hiders and finders are following the geocaching guidelines, there really is minimal impact to the natural world. Uh, there may be a few occasions where a geocache will be off limits seasonally due to sensitivity of some species. Uh, but if a site is too sensitive to host a physical geocache, perhaps those are the places where a earth cache is created uh, that requires them to seek an area out, learn something from it, and either photograph themselves near it or answer questions about what they saw when they get back. Okay, that's great. So uh, if there's not a lot of negative environmental impacts, are there any positive environmental impacts with geocaching? Absolutely. Uh, geocachers are very outdoor-friendly folks for the most part and like to leave things better than they found them. Um, the term cash in, trash out has become a real thing with the geocaching world, and those seeking out geocaches usually carry around um, garbage bags with them, so they pick up litter and trash that they may find along the way just searching for their geocaches. 
Um, and because the idea is finding something hidden off the beaten path, most geocachers tread pretty lightly on the land, so there's no evidence for others to follow to find them. Okay, great. So you had mentioned the Cash In, Trash Out program. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. A CEDO, a Cash In, Trash Out event, actually expands on the everyday actions of geocachers by cleaning up their outdoor world. Um, these events can be scheduled at a community park, um, any place that needs litter pickup, and geocachers actually earn credit for their cleanup projects. Um, we have one for the tri-state geocachers at the end of the summer where we paddle a section of the Delaware River. We load up garbage, tires, camp gear, anything that can be found um, in the river. It's a great opportunity to float down and do a good deed for the community. Awesome. So the geocaching passport is part of the Pike County Planning Office, but within that office, it's part of the Scenic Rural Character Preservation Program. So what's the mission of this program and some of the other projects that are happening there? Sure, the SRCP program, that Scenic Rural Character Preservation Program mission, is to provide for the protection of drinking water, uh, to secure wildlife habitat, the preservation of scenic ridges and critical open space, protection of water quality of rivers, lakes, and streams, our parks and recreational areas, improve county and municipal planning, as well as related acquisition of real property or interests from willing sellers on a voluntary basis, and to provide education, outreach, and funds for such purposes. So the geocaching series is actually part of our educational programming to show residents and visitors what the SRCP program has funded or helped to protect here in Pike County. So as you wander to all of our geocaches, you'll be exploring all the lands that we have protected for critical open space and areas that help keep our drinking water clean. Um, some of our other projects include park acquisitions and improved planning at the municipal level. Our county open space plan has goals of connecting residents to nature and creating parks to home. So the SRCP program has been working on that for almost 20 years now. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you want to add about the county's geocaching program or about geocaching in general? I would say, you know, have fun. Take a buddy. You're going outdoors. Uh, remember your outdoor ethics and leave no trace. And if you take something from the geocache, be sure to leave something of equal or greater value behind. All right. That's great advice. Thank you so much for joining us, Jess. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Conservation Podcast here at Pike County Conservation District. If you enjoyed this episode and want to find more, you can find past episodes and new episodes. Our Season 2 episodes will be released monthly starting January 2024 on our website, pikeconservation.org, under the Education tab, or on Spotify. To stay in touch with us and find out more about our upcoming events, newly released podcast episodes, and tips and tricks for conservation at home, Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and sign up for our email monthly newsletter, which you can find the sign-up link at the bottom of our website, pikeconservation.org. Thanks for listening.